Well, hello again, everyone. This is Pastor John here, and I'm with my friends Tanya and Arthur. And uh, this is our final podcast uh, for our follow discipleship class that we've been doing for the last eight weeks. And uh, this last week on Sunday mornings, if you've been joining us, we um, we covered chapter seven, the last chapter in our little booklet. And, um, and it is all about... Uh, looking at God's nature and his attributes and talking about and thinking through uh, the implications of God's nature and his attributes in our own lives personally. So I'm excited to uh, get into this and to talk about this. And All of us have stories and illustrations and personal experience as um, just the truth of who God is uh, impacts our lives in in such a personal and, and profound way. Uh, I think for starters, uh, a good a good thing to remember is that um, there are these two things that are sort of intention. One is that God is knowable. He's made himself mm. known. And yet there's also a sense in which he's incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. Like he's so much more awesome and so much greater than we can even comprehend. And yet... It, it turns out those things aren't mutually exclusive. They're just both true. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, for me, I'm actually okay with that. God allows me to be, um, has created me to be curious, to, to learn and, um, to know him. And yet, um, to always have a sense of my need that I need to learn more and know more. And it's okay that God is, is so much greater than me. Um, if if I was equally as great as him, then I wouldn't need him, you know. And uh, and I love the fact that uh, there's aspects to his nature that um, that are just sort of still to this day kind of mind boggling. And uh, and it just really uh, fits well with the whole idea of faith. We need mm-hmm. to always come before God with a childlike trust. And a sense that, you know, he's our father in heaven. And um, I may not always understand my circumstance or something going on in a relationship. But I rest in the fact that he knows. And he's good and he understands. And he's using it to teach me things about myself, about the world around me, about my ultimate destiny and purpose. But more than anything, just about him. It's like he's always in the midst of all of that, revealing himself to me in a deeper and more meaningful way. And that that gets sweeter as the years go by, you know, that you really do sense God's presence and um, and he's with you. So I'm excited to talk about uh, these things with you guys. And um, uh, one of the first uh, things that I thought was kind of fun uh, that the chapter opened up with a fun little story about a teacher who um, asked the little children to draw a picture of what God was like. Mm-hmm. And she comes to this one little boy who just was really sort of engrossed in his work. And long after everybody else had stopped drawing their picture of what God was like, uh, he's still going at it. And she comes along and says, um, you know, uh, what are you drawing? And he says, God. And, and, uh, she says, no one knows what God's like and, and, uh, what God looks like. And he says, well, they will when I'm through. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, um, 
uh, actually the picture, the story actually was a little bit different. She told them to draw a picture of what made them happy. I think that's the way it started. And so he was drawing his picture of what made him happy. And it was a picture of God, but I love that. And so I want to, I want to start there and I want to just say, um, that I believe that what that story is illustrating is that other people should be able to look at our lives. We should have this sort of quiet assurance that, that if someone wants to know God, it's okay for them to watch my life. Yeah. Not who, that who makes the, us happy. Exactly. They, yeah. they, they should be able to see something of the nature of God in my life. Now I'm far from perfect. You are too, but, but we should never, um, you know, pretend that somehow God's going to reveal himself, uh, in other ways besides, uh, you know, through us. And, and I think, and I say that because sometimes people are quick to sort of be self-deprecating and say, well, well, don't watch me. You know, I'm not a very good example. And it's almost like they're giving themselves a pass Mm -hmm. (laughs) from being a good example. But the Bible tells us we need good examples and God chooses to work through people to do that. And Paul was the example of that when he said, follow me as I follow Christ. It's so true. I love that verse. It's really good. So let's talk about that. What, what is it? First of all, tell me, um, maybe a, a person or an example in your life that you're thankful for looking back and you say, you know what? Th- it's not hard for me to think of a person that was a good example to me of Jesus. Arthur, what jumps out to you? Oh man. Uh, he's, he's going to be very flattered that I say this. Maybe he's not. Tom Alonji for me was, was the guy that I just looked to and I thought, wow, like I, I, I kind of have a running joke with him that, you know, on his, <laughs> on his tombstone, it's going to say, Tom Alonji hears from God because he is just, his faith that he has is so strong and he just, he doesn't, it's not a wavering faith. He just goes through life expecting God to provide mm-hmm. and, and he has these thoughts and he just knows this is from the Lord and they're always just so powerful and and so, you know, when I was going through high school, he was my tennis coach, and mm. and he, you know, my first year, he was kind of tough on me, but I think he knew, and, and he later said, you know, he knew I was, I was a Christian and was calling me into my faith, and, and so I really just, I respect him a lot in that aspect, just because his faith is so strong, and I, I want to be like that someday myself. So. Yeah, so when you say calling you into... Uh, faith. What what does that mean? He recognized. He knew that you were at least a professing Christian. Yeah. What was it that you think that he was seeing that sort of prompted him to say, "The Lord wants me to reach out to this kid, yeah, and and pull him close and maybe help him see more than he sees right now." Like what what did that mean yeah, to call it, you into it, faith? For me, it was you know I, I'm a freshman in high school at the time, and so I, you know I'm. I'm trying to navigate my way through, you know, this culture and this world, but also trying to stay firm in my faith. And, and so he just really encouraged me to take my faith seriously. And that meant that I wasn't going to be, you know, this hothead tennis player, you know, like McEnroe or something, but that I was going to be a... Were you breaking rackets? I was close. I was close. <laughs> I, I couldn't afford to break them, so... Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's what he did. He, he called me up and, and said, you know, you, if you're a Christian, you, you got to be, you got to stand out. You got to be unique. And, 
and uh, do the right thing. So that's that's what it, what it meant for me. Okay. Yeah. So he challenged you. I love that. And that took a certain amount of faith for him to do that because you could have told him what to do with it all, you know, <laughs> like he didn't have to, you know, there's a certain risk when you, when oh, yeah. you do that in someone's life, even if you have the best intentions, they might not be ready to hear that or receive that. And yeah. so that in itself is a step of faith, but it's also required you to, to listen, receive it and respond in, yep. in the right way. And that's yeah. a step of faith. So that's, that's a, that's a great story. And so here you are now, all these years later, yeah, because you're married, of that step you're, of faith, yeah. and you're actually on staff here. And yep. I remember when he came to me and, and we were looking for a particular person to fill a, a, a need, a job that we had. And, and he was just really, um, what you just described is the same thing I see in him. He had this quiet confidence yeah. of, he was describing you to me and I said, you know, tell me why you feel this way. And he was just, he just said, I just see God working in his life. Wow. He's, he's gifted in certain ways, but more than anything, I just see him growing and sincerely wanting to follow God. And I just think he's going to be a good fit and he's a work in progress like we all are, oh, yeah. but he seems to be real teachable and hungry, you know, and he described you and you know, there's a certain amount of faith that I had that, sure. you know, that the Lord was speaking to him and working in that mm-hmm. situation. You know, I had to, I had to trust God too, because it's, it wasn't like you were yet a part of the church family here or a part yep. of the ministry. And so, um, it's just funny how God is sort of stretching all of us in those moments. And again, um, this is part of God's nature to do that, oh, yeah. you know, and, and so that's a great story. So what, what comes to your mind, um, Tanya, when I, uh, ask that opening question about who's been a good example of faith for you to follow? Well, the one person that I think of, and I think I mentioned last time was Madeline Smith, because mm. she really took me under her wing when I started doing a Bible study when I was 19. And she said, well, you're consistently doing your Bible study. And I was looking up all these commentaries every time. I wasn't just doing my Bible study. I was doing a whole big study. And she said, <laughs> well, do you want to try teaching? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. And then after I taught, she's like, you're an excellent teacher. Why didn't we ask you in the beginning? And then she, I was added to leadership and she taught me how to lead small groups, taught mm-hmm. me how to lead the leadership of the study, passed on that leadership to me. And But she had seen something in me in the beginning. And then she just took me under her wing and trained me. And we met for lunches and got to just hear her wisdom and her input. And it was really significant for me and my growth of faith and my growth of my mm-hmm. um, time in the word and my understanding of the word. And so that was really yeah. significant for me. Yeah. I love hearing people's stories and how the Lord has brought them along because it, it really does inspire um, greater faith. I love that God works through people mm. that he's, mm-hmm. he's working his character and his nature and the attributes of Jesus that we see and we go, Oh, I want to be like that. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to grasp when it's just, you know, we read about God in the Bible and it's, there's something that draws us to want to be like that. But then he's so gracious as to, as to take up residence in our lives as it were. And, 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 the Bible says that when we become born again, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't fathom that. The Bible says it in a most matter-of-fact way, that when you're born again, you have a new heart, a new spirit. His spirit is put in you, and you desire 
to be like him yeah. so that his attributes start to become your very own. So when you see that, for example, that wisdom or that, that humility uh, or that servant heartedness in the life of Christ, he says, I'm, I'm going to make you like this. And, and it's, it's such a powerful thing. And I wish more people would be willing to, to follow Jesus in that way. So they actually experience it. Yep. It's not just a theory. It's, it's a fact, it's a truth, but it won't be true to me or real to me if I don't choose to follow, start to follow. And, and the minute you do, like you said, you, it's almost like you're surprised to discover, oh, (laughs) there is something to this after all, you know, and, and you learn about God, but you also learn about yourself. Like Tanya, Mm -hmm. to your point, you were saying, I, I didn't know that I, I knew I was hungry and I wanted to learn, but I didn't necessarily know that I had been gifted this way until I had the opportunity. And then somebody else who was trusting God yep. mm-hmm. and had some experience in this working out this faith was able to see something in me. Mm-hmm. And, and those are huge strides forward. Oh yeah. And that's why we, it's good to be a church family because we grow together. God puts people in our path that, that reveal those things. Okay. Let's, <clears throat> let's talk about some of the implications of these attributes. Um, uh, I'll throw out what, what we looked at, but you guys just pick one. Okay. Uh, one is God is eternal. So he exists outside of time. There's never been a time when God didn't exist. So that's kind of a mind bender right there, mm-hmm. but he's, he's eternal. He's outside of time. Time's a created thing. So God sees the end from the beginning. It's like he just, mm-hmm. he sees it all. It's all now for God. What are the implications of that in, in your life? Here's another one. God is all, all knowing. So he's omniscient. He knows everything. And, and yet he wants to be known. So that's something that, mm-hmm. you know, we have to think through the implications of, of God's perfect knowledge. That means he knows everything I think, say, do before I ever do or think or say those things. He, he knows my past, present, future. He's all-knowing. Uh, God's ever-present. There's, there's never a, a place. There's, there's not a place in the universe where he's not there. And, and that has huge implications, particularly I think of when I'm going through hard times yeah. and I feel alone. Yep. God's there. So what, is that, what does that make you think of? Um, God is all-powerful. How has God demonstrated to you personally that he is all-powerful? And then one more, God is unchanging. So eternal, all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful, unchanging. I mean, that last one, I just think of all the uncertainty in the world around us. Everything's changing so fast. Isn't it a comfort to know that God doesn't change? Mm-hmm. He's the same as the Bible says, oh, yeah. yesterday, today, and forever. <clears throat> he does not change. And um, so let's let's kick around some of those things, just the attributes of God. So, so we have like six hours, right, to talk about <laughs> exactly. all this? Exactly. Um, man, I, I'm going to say something weird, um, and it's just coming right off the dome here, so bear with me. Uh, I think the w- how I think about his attributes is, you know, I, I do mental gymnastics all the time trying to figure out, you know, how is this possible? How does this work? And and I, I think it's easier to to use an example of him working in my life to see all of those different attributes. And and the way that I think about it is like, you know, if kind of, you know, we were, were born, you know, we were created, 
And so there is a there's a beginning and an and an end in this in this world that we have, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we we are raised into knowing, you know, things are here and then they die and then they go away. And, but that's in our minds that just has to exist. But the reality is, it it doesn't. You know, if if God is just forever, then there isn't a beginning and an end to that. And so it's hard for us to even comprehend that. And so. That's just an example of like the mental gymnastics. It's like impossible for me to know. I can't comprehend it. But when I see all of those attributes at work is when he's working in my life. And I think about, you know, just different times that he has provided for for me and my wife. Um, just to the little details, you know, I think about we had a, a, a bill that had come up. It was kind of, we forgot about it, got lost in the mail. It was a medical bill and and, you know, we were doing really well saving and, you know, really happy about it. And then all of a sudden, we're, before we even get this bill, we were given uh, a lump sum from, from my grandfather. And we're like, wow, this is such a blessing. You know, this is awesome. Like, we'll put it to the, you know, we, we're kind of making an idea of how to, how to spend it and how to save it. And then we get this bill in and it's like exactly the amount that my grandfather gave us. He didn't know, you know. We didn't know that we even needed it. And it was like, wow, okay, this obviously is for this bill. And you just look back to God and you're like, wow, God, thank you for providing there in that way. And, and his attributes are there because, you know, he, he's never changing. It's not like when I get older, you know, God is different from how he was treating and cared for me as a young child in making and crafting me in my mother's womb to caring for me in this instant, which seems so benign, you know, it's a bill, but, you know, he's, he's everlasting, you know, he's, it's not like, it's not like uh, I'm going to run out of his provisions. It's Mm -hmm. not like he's going to, there's only so much that he has and then it's, it's over. And, you know, powerful, like I know it's, it's money is money for us, but how he could just see it, you know, all knowing, see that we need this before we even know it and then move you know, somebody else to just the way that he works. There's no power in the universe that, that does that. You know what I mean? Like I can't control a thousand different things all at once, you know, and he's controlling, he's over everything. He knows everything. He's all powerful. You know, he, so it's, I don't know, this isn't really making any sense, but it's, (laughs) it's making sense to me in that all of those attributes are there existing as he's working in my life. Yeah. No, I love what you're saying, Arthur, because, and I know you're just, very spontaneous in what you're sharing. And that's the nature of this podcast. So we're just, it's a conversation, you know, and, and there are things that we process and kind of think through together. And I think you're making an excellent point that it, it's not any single attribute of God working at any given time. Yeah. It's, it's a, a collective comprehensive thing that we get to experience and stand back and go, wow, this demonstrated all of those attributes in just one simple everyday life yep. circumstance. Yep. And it, 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 those are things that build our faith because he's not some random chance sort of a God. Yeah. And I look at the world today and so many people's worldview <clears throat> is that they're just a cosmic accident. Is it any wonder why people then um, come to the conclusion at a certain point that, well then nobody's going to miss me when I'm gone. I might as well check out, you know, there's no purpose to life, you know, but when you realize, 
And, and there's something else that jumped out to me when you were talking. It was interesting to me that I thought where you were going to go was you were going to say, we had all these plans for this money, and then it was this great disappointment that, oh, now we got to just pay this bill. But because of your faith and your relationship with the Lord, you were able to see beyond, you know, sort of a superficial, selfish mm-hmm. desire yeah. and look at the bigger picture from God's point of view and, say, and just simply be grateful and be in awe of what God just did, you know. And we can be blind to those things and come to wrong conclusions about God. Like, oh, man, you know, just have a bad attitude. Like, great, we hear we had all these great plans and now they're all ruined. And, you know, God just doesn't care about us. When in reality, the opposite's true. He just demonstrated how much he cares for you. And, and so I like the story. I think it's a, it's a good example of all of the above. So, yeah. How about you? Tanya? Well, I think one of my neatest examples for me is, again, as you were sharing all those different attributes, I was thinking about them and I was thinking, but they all work together, mm-hmm. knowing that God is unchanging and he's eternal and he's always present and all these things, you kind of have to know them all together for them to work together. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was thinking of is, um, my husband and I had always planned that when our kids were both in school full time, that I would go to back to work. And so in about January of that year, before my daughter was going to go to school, I just felt a real burden to start praying for my job, mm. that the Lord would provide me for the, with the right job, that he would prepare me for that job and he would prepare that job for me. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what it would be. Mm-hmm. And this was my prayer request in Bible studies at the women's retreat. I mean, I remember sharing that prayer request. It was just a real burden on my heart. And then the summer before my girls were going to go to school came and I just really felt like I was not supposed to apply for jobs. It just felt really clear that I was not supposed to apply. And so we just waited. And then sometime in mid to late August, Pastor John gives us a phone call (laughs) and he asked Daniel and I if we would come and meet with him in his office before Wednesday night service. And he basically just lays out right there that Pastor Chuck is retiring and the church secretary at that time would also be retiring and he was looking for a secretary and personal assistant and do I want the job? (laughs) That's basically all it was. And it was just God's timing was perfect. And I was able to start work two days after my daughter's first day of school. I was able to adjust the hours so that I was here during school hours and it was just God saying, I know Mm -hmm. and I am all powerful. And I am, you know, I am, it's all those things that God showed right at that time that it was just him. It was only Mm -hmm. him. We we come to expect that, you know, but it's always still just amazing every time. Like Mm -hmm. totally. They're just little miracles. That's so cool. I remember as I was listening to you, you were reminding me of, of how I came into full-time ministry. Um, you know, and I'm going to give you the really nutshell version of it. And you guys know probably bits and pieces of this story, but, um, you know, I, I became a Christian at nine years old. I watched my mom's life radically change and it just, it just prompted questions. And so I went to her and asked her why she was so different. And she described to me, she explained to me it was, it was Jesus and, and she had come to be a follower of Christ. And so she described the gospel to me that he, he died for me. He rose from the grave. He, 
um, I was, I had sinned against God. I needed a savior. You know, she just explained all of that to me. And even as a, as a little kid, it just clicked and it made sense because I realized I was a naughty little guy and I, <laughs> and I didn't know why I felt guilty and afraid. And when I did wrong things, I tried to hide or I lied and I just didn't understand why I did that. So she explained sin and she explained a savior, you know, and, and, and it just all made sense. So I gave my life to Christ and <clears throat> we began to grow. And, and the first church that we went to turned out to be my uncle's church. He had led uh, my mom to the Lord and, and, um, and I wa began watching him as a young boy. I remember it was just a tiny little church, a uh, little Christian missionary Alliance church. And it was, we met in a high school and it was 50 people. And I just remember watching my uncle Russ and being mesmerized by him. And I just thought, I want to do that. And I was just nine years old. And now it was going to be many years before I actually found myself in that, you know, in ministry. But I just, it planted a seed. It, it sparked a, a vision. It was, it, it was inspiring to me. I just thought that's, that's what I want to be when I grow up kind of a thing. So my whole life, as I read the Bible, um, and grew in the Lord, I, I had some sense that I was going to be in the ministry, but God never opened those doors. Mm. You know, a single parent, you know, single mom, we just had barely two nickels to rub together. So we didn't have a college savings. And so by the time, when it came time for college, my only ticket to college was a scholarship. And I was being offered a uh, partial scholarship to wrestle at the um, University of Oregon. And so that was our hometown in Eugene. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. But it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to Bible college and seminary and, and stuff. And mm -hmm. I wanted to do it, but there was just no open doors for that. So I just did the next best thing. I thought, well, I need to, I need to get my degree. So I, I went off, started college. Anyway, fast forward all of that. And I, I, uh, through a bunch of circumstances that didn't, end up being a very fruitful four years. Um, it was, I, it took me a while to settle on a major. And when I finally did, they dropped that from the, the university. Oh gosh. Yeah. I decided, Oh, well, I guess I'm going to be a teacher. And then, so in my fourth year, I finally settled in on that. And then they dropped the school of education. And so <clears throat> I got to the end of four years and I didn't have a degree and I was very frustrated and my scholarship got dropped because they cut funding. And so now I'm no longer wrestling and I started coaching. I just thought, well, I need a job. So I went back to, to, uh, my old club when I was a kid, I was a gymnast. And so I went back there and I asked if I could, if they needed, were hiring for coaches. So I started coaching and I discovered, I really, I really enjoyed it. I was good with kids. I loved it. And, and I was pretty good at it, you know? And so I kind of started, you know, growing in that role. But in the back of my mind, I really, I thought, Lord, what are you do? Like, how's this going to work? Hmm. I, I'm not, this is not the track for being a pastor, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so when they dropped the school of education, I remember just going to my mom and saying, mom, this is so frustrating. I've got all this debt. I've, I've, I don't have a degree. Nothing's worked out. And, and I'll never forget. She just, she looked at me, she said, well, I don't know, Johnny. She said, but I do know this ministries where you're at. Just be faithful where you're at. What do you know? Don't trade what you know for what you don't know what do you know? I said, well, I know I love my girlfriend and I want to marry her and I love coaching. And she said, okay, then just do that. Mm -hmm. And so I married Tiffany <laughs> and I just, my career took off as a coach and the Lord opened some doors where, you know, fast forward a few years. 
now I'm working for a guy who's actually at the time was the Olympic coach and I'm, I'm running his kids program and he was taking me under his wing and, um, we had moved up to Olympia. I ran a club up here for a couple of years before I went off to Oklahoma and ran this club and, and my career was really taking off and I'm six months into a contract in Oklahoma and Chuck, my pastor here at Calvary Chapel in Olympia. So I'm cutting out a whole bunch of story, but sure. by then we had gotten married. <laughs> We're going to Calvary Chapel, kind of like you, Tanya. It's like pastor Chuck comes to me and he says, <clears throat> um, we came home to visit on over Christmas and we, we got together with Chuck and Pat just for lunch over at the Bud Bay Cafe. And he looks at me and he says, John, would you ever want to be considered for a staff position here and overseeing our children's ministry? And I was like, huh. I was, what? It was, we had talked one time like two years before about, I just shared my story and that I thought I wanted to be a pastor someday. Yeah. We never talked about it again. And here now, two and a half years later, out of the blue, in my mind, he, he, he says, would you like to be, before I could even say anything, Tiffany says, yes. Uh. <laughs> and, she, and she knew my, my dream and she wasn't loving Oklahoma <laughs> and, and, uh, my, my career was doing great. And she was of course supportive of that, but she just knew this yeah. is John's calling, you know? And, um, and I'll never forget going to my, uh, boss I was really trying to be a witness to him and he was used to everybody in the world wanting to work for him. And, and he, the way he put it is they all want a piece of the pie. I'm on top of the mountain right now. And they, everybody wants to know the secret sauce, you know? So like, how am I winning and, you know, have a gold medal team and everything, you know? And so he was, um, sort of leery of people coming briefly learning all the secrets, then they go start their own thing and now they compete against him, you know? And it was one of those deals. And so when Chuck asked me, I was like, Lord, what? A I'm going to destroy my witness. This guy's poured yeah. so much into me. He has plans for me to mentor me, to be an Olympic coach. Like it was all these things that on a career side of things were really exciting and great. Yeah. But it's like, he's going to think I've just been lying to him. And you know, and, and, and so I'll never forget going into his office with some fear and trepidation, excited about this offer from Chuck, but at the same time, how do I, how do I exit gracefully without destroying my witness? And all of this to say, everything you're describing in the way God works in his attributes, this is all happening in this scenario. It's like God knew everything he was unchanging he was present through it all he was yep. it's like he was just mm -hmm. orchestrating this but from my perspective it's like the difference from being in the goodyear blimp huh. and seeing the the parade the the whole thing at once to being at street level and you're like yep. you know all i see is is the snoopy float and somebody's telling me yeah wait till spongebob comes along i'm like i can't see him you know i just don't see how it's gonna work yeah. and mm -hmm but God sees. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, I, I went in to have this conversation and I did my best to explain to him kind of what had come about and I'll never forget it. He said, I understand. And I said, you do. Wow. <laughs> I was like, he said, when I was your age, he said, I was really, I was a successful coach. I had national champions. And he said, 
but I always wanted to do real estate. And I said, <laughs> okay, this is going a weird direction. Like, yeah. What does that have to do with anything? And he says, <clears throat> I just always thought if I go into real estate, he said, I could, I could make a million bucks. And he was saying, you know, there's the million dollar club and he's watched other people do it. And he's like, he's a great motivator, a great coach, obviously. And he, and he just always was curious about it. He's yeah. like, I could make a million bucks. And he says, and it just bothered me so long. And he said, and finally I decided to close up my gym and go into real estate. And then he pauses and he looks at me, he says, and I made a million bucks <laughs> and, I still, wow. and I'm listening to the story and I'm just going, Okay. I mean, if this is the way you're relating to it, you know, I'm not burning a bridge here, killing a witness. He was relating. And he looked at me and he says, you know, John, he said, you've done everything I've asked you to do and more. And he says, um, you've got to do this. Mm. And he, and he said, but then he looks at me and he says, but you'll be back. <laughs> and he says, and I want you to know that when that day comes, even if I don't have a job for you, I'll make a job for you. Wow. And it was, now I'm not saying that to boast in me. I'm boasting in the Lord because it was like the Lord was making it so clear mm -hmm. that he was guiding the ship here. Yeah, totally. Because that was my biggest fear. I thought, I've been witnessing this guy for the last six months and, and, and that was always important to me. If, if this is my career, it's going to be a platform for ministry. I had dreams of opening my own club and starting a fellowship for Christian athletes so that I could use coaching as a ministry. Yeah. That, that was what I settled on because I thought, well, obviously God isn't, didn't provide for me to go the normal route to go into ministry. Sure. So I'll just be, I'll have my own club and that will be my ministry. And it was like the Lord the whole time was like, no, you're, you are going to be a pastor. You're hearing my voice. I'm just going to do it in a very different way. Yeah. And, and I just look at that and I go, wow. It just blows my mind. Every time I even tell that story, I just go, <laughs> it's amazing. And do you know what? Um, I'm 54 years old. And last fall, I started going to seminary. <laughs> After all these years, it was like, I've just always wanted to do it. Now at this point, yeah, mm -hmm. after 30 years of ministry, it's not like I need to go to seminary, but there's just still things I'd like to learn. And so I'm just taking classes and yeah. going, I just want to go to seminary, you know, and hopefully it'll equip me and I'll be more effective as a teacher and a pastor. But, but at this point, it's more just sort of icing on the cake, mm -hmm. you know, in my life story. But I, I look at it and I just marvel all of the attributes of God, you know, in along the way and I hope that story can be encouraging and your guys's story can be encouraging totally. for people because it's not like we all have the same story but we have the same hero of yep. the story mm -hmm. we say have the same author of the story and he does not change our lives are different and diverse and in so many ways but our basic destiny is the same and our needs are the same and our God is the same. And it's like in Hebrews where it says we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Yeah. There's not only the stories of the Bible, but the stories of other believers yeah. and the lives yeah. of other yeah. believers. Totally. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. You guys were very gracious to listen to that story. Um, let me, let's talk a little bit more about just the nature of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. What, what, um, what does it mean for me 
as a young boy when I stumbled across Psalm, what was it, 68? Yeah, Psalm 68. I remember reading my Bible. I didn't hear it in a sermon or anything else. I was reading my Bible one day in the Psalms, and I was probably, I don't know, maybe 12 years old or so, just young. And I read, he's a father to the fatherless. Mm. And I almost started crying right there on the spot because I didn't grow up with my dad. And I was like, wow, a father to the fatherless. And, and I, that, that had just a deep, deep impression on my heart at that time. And, and it remains to this day. You know, I, I get to be a dad and a grandpa now. And, and, I, and he so changed our legacy and the trajectory of our, just our family story, mm-hmm. you know, because Tiffany and I are kind of pioneers in a way, um, in some ways mm-hmm. with, in terms of marriage and family. Um, God had to really turn our lives around and he did. And so, um, but I remember it's always been a very sweet personal thing to me that God's my father in heaven. And I'm wondering if you guys have ways you relate to the father, the son, the Holy spirit, you know, three persons, but one God, what is, what, what, how has the Lord ministered to you in terms of his nature? I think for me, um, it, again, it's like it It feels like I've done a hundred, you know, exercises of mental gymnastics trying to figure out, you know, how is this possible? How can he be, you know, how can God just be, you know, the God that we know, the Father? How can Jesus also be God and how can the Holy Spirit? It's, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around it, but when it comes down to it, Again, I just have to understand that I, I'm not going to be able to comprehend God. You know, he's he's going to reveal himself to me so that I can know him. But at the end of the day, without his revelation, there's no way I could even begin to understand how the Holy Spirit works, mm-hmm. you know. And I just think about just the, those things, kind of what you were saying about how, you know, he's a father to the fatherless. I think about all of these different struggles that I go through. I'm just one person. There's what billions of people around the world right now. I mean, I'm just one person and yet I'm seeing, I'm being comforted by different aspects. Mm -hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit's working in me Mm -hmm. and that that's God. That's the same God. You know, the, the, the guy who died on a cross for my sins is the same God, the same spirit that's working in me. And it's the same father that I look to. And, and it's, it's one of those things where I'm not a father, but I am a dog dad, and I love my dog. Totally the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're exactly and, uh, the same. And I'm a dog dad, and, and I the way that I care for her and love her, my dog, It's to me, it's like it's almost with everything I have, you know? It's pretty much there, but it's not even close to what God you know, his love for me and, and all of these aspects of my life that he has because of, because of these different aspects of who he is. And, and so I, again, I, I can't comprehend it, but I, I just go back to being thankful for it. I'm thankful that the spirit is indwelling in me because I can't be what, you know, I can't be righteous on my own. That's my righteousness is his righteousness. Mm -hmm. And I only have that because of Jesus dying on the cross for me and, and, and the father sending himself through his son to do that. I mean, it's just, 
it's mind-blowingly amazing and wonderful and and I yeah I don't know yeah yeah it's a really neat picture just knowing that there is all three there Mm -hmm. and in some ways it seems like God the Father is a little bit more far off it's like a more abstract concept in some ways but then Jesus that's God with just flesh on so we got to see his life and his example how he interacted how he lived and loved and was such an incredible example of relationship and just how we can be right with God and just so many things it's just incredible to see Jesus but the Holy Spirit is just neat to me knowing that it's again that knowing that God is ever present it's not only more of an abstract thought of the Old Testament but Knowing like the New Testament says that we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit and he is always with us and knowing that he is working in our lives and just those things about Jesus saying that the Holy Spirit will remind you of the words I said and when we're praying and just not sure of things, we can just be confident that Lord, remind me of your truth and remind me of what you have said and he does. He's so faithful to do that and then there's other times where there's just such a burden to pray for things that we just don't even have the words. There's nothing that can express it. But then being able to say, you know, the spirit will pray on our behalf and just say, Lord, you know what's on my heart Mm -hmm. and what this situation is. And just asking the Holy Spirit to express that and just knowing those things, I think are just really neat. It just makes it so, so personal and tangible in that way to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love what you were saying about just the interaction between the Holy Spirit and um, and the and Jesus and how He's always pointing to Jesus. One of the things we see in Scripture is the Holy Spirit is never drawing attention to Himself, but He's always pointing to what Jesus said. And, and the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Father who is always sort of um, giving us this standing invitation to come boldly to His throne of grace to mm-hmm. find mercy and help and in our time of need. And so we've, we have, it, it's just each has sort of a unique role, but the same ultimate yep. relationship yep. always pointing us to himself. And I'm so grateful that, that God revealed himself in flesh and he's God incarnate in the life of Christ and everything he said and did just was a proclamation of his deity. And, um, you know, and, and after his death and resurrection, so many things clicked, you know, and when the, when the gospel writers told the story, they said, we were with him. We, we heard him, we saw him, we touched him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just this living Testament that God did come down, you know, and, and Jesus, we're going to be talking about this in our Sunday study, uh, you know, his last conversation with his disciples before he went to the cross he said you know it's necessary for me to go or the helper won't come yeah you know and so you're going to have even a a more intimate relationship Mm -hmm. with me now because of the person and work of the holy spirit he will be with you he will be in you he will be upon you you will be my witnesses to the world you know and and so here we are today you know 2000 plus years after that and we're talking about him and we're bearing witness to the fact that he's he is all powerful he is unchanging he is ever present and eternal and all these things in our lives personally today and these things are just as true as they've ever been and so um 
like I said at the beginning, these are very profound truths and yet very personal and very practical. And I love the stories that we've been able to share because it, it just sort of helps people maybe if they're just starting out, especially to kind of connect some of those dots and see, um, what it means to, to walk with him. So any other last things that you guys, uh, kind of want to say before we, we wrap up or start to follow? I just think it's awesome that we were able to do this as a church and, and, you know, if you're, if you've been a part of the follow class, you know, like it seems like there's a lot of people who want to know Jesus and want to, to follow him. And, and I know people who are in the follow class who have known Jesus for 50 years, like a long time. Yeah. And it's just something that, you know, this, the Christian life isn't over. There's never, there's a, there's not a finish to it. And I just think that's so awesome that we can be talking about stuff like this as a church. And I hope that, that we can all live this out, Mm -hmm. you know, that what we're, reading and as we get to know and love God more that that we begin to that it goes from our heads to our hearts out through our hands and I just hope that that we would just continue as a church to just be an outlet of of Christ and his love for us and and that it spreads through the community that's that's where I'm I'm kind of very you know I'm the young passionate dude but I I just want to change our community I want to I want good things to happen I want God to just be on the forefront of everyone's mind here, even just in Thurston County. And so I just hope that we as a church can continue to be um, the hands and feet, you know? Yeah. And I'm just I'm just really thankful that we're able to have the opportunity to do this. So. Well, and you mm-hmm. pointed out something just now that is, is great, too, that I love about the class is how intergenerational it is. You know, we've got 18 to 80-something, you yeah. know, and it's it's people that are, are new in Christ and people that have been walking with the Lord for decades. It, it wasn't simply a new believers class as i as i pointed out at the beginning if you feel like god is doing a new work in you yep. wherever you're at in life whatever season however long you've walked with the lord if you're sensing that the lord wants you to grow in your walk with jesus then then that's it's a good place to to be totally. and to interact and so it's been fun just as a church to have so many people talking about these things and, and really taking it seriously. So Tanya, I'm curious uh, what, what the Lord may be putting on your heart as sort of a, a departing word for this whole thing. I just really love the word follow and that we follow Jesus and that Jesus so often in scripture called disciples to follow him. Mm-hmm. And not only did they follow him, but they said to someone else and they dragged them along and they said, follow Jesus with me. Look, I found the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And just that thought that it's Jesus that we're following. And mm-hmm. so when we're following Jesus, it puts us all on the same playing field. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we're all at the same level. We're just following after Jesus. Right. But not only that, but we get to look at someone else and say, come with me. Let's mm-hmm. do this together. Let's follow Jesus together. Yeah. And like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. Or and we can also say, oh, I love how you're following Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow you as we follow Jesus together. And yeah. so I just love that word, follow Jesus. You know, so that may be a good note to, to finish on just in terms of what people can expect. Um, as we've kind of said from the beginning, this, you know, the whole podcast thing is, is new for us and we're exploring how to use, uh, you know, the tools that are out there currently to, to, to share the message. And, um, 
we at this point feel like we've stumbled upon sort of a good idea in terms of even what to name the podcast and the class the book was start to follow and we've kind of modified it and just said follow yep and so the idea of a follow podcast uh moving forward isn't uh, you know, at this point going to be so much about this book or this particular class, but just was sort of a launching yep. into, um, just, uh, really the start of an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. And we want as a church, um, you know, as our, our vision statement, you know, we live to see people transformed into devoted followers, followers of Jesus. Followers <laughs> of Jesus. And so, um, this is just a kind of a creative and, and, um, fun way to do that. And hopefully um, uh, you guys will share, uh, not just this, but share your lives and uh, continue to do so moving forward. Um, That's how the church has always grown. It's just one-on-one. Yep. Disciples who make disciples. So thank you, Arthur. Thank you, Tanya. It's been fun uh, to go through this together. And it's neat to think that this is just maybe the beginning uh, of of a fresh new work that the Lord's doing here. And then we all just get to be a part of it. So uh, God bless you all. Thank you for listening and watching and following along. We encourage you. Uh, that uh, if you have any further questions or need other resources, uh, always feel free to reach out to our staff here at Calvary. And um, and just know that we love you. We're praying for you. And uh, we're just going to continue uh, following the Lord together. We'll talk to you soon. God bless.